0: Folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am not excited to discuss a loss for the first time in a while. The Denver Nuggets had won five in a row. They went into Sacramento last night, got a win. Very close game, very important game for them to get, and then they sat Jamal Murray. They gave Aaron Gordon, I think, an extra day off. Bruce Brown rolled his ankle in the previous game. So Denver was down a lot of role players. and all well, not just role players. A couple, couple very important pieces in that game tonight, and it put them at, I think, a disadvantage. On top of that, DeMontis Sabonis came back for the Kings, played very well. So you had the full-strength Kings who had been – they were still on a back-to-back because Denver had played them. However – The Kings were clearly more rested in this one. They didn't have as much going on during the holiday season. Denver, of course, played a very emotional game on Christmas. Then they had to come back around and travel to Sacramento. And then they played Sacramento again tonight, and they lost 127-126. This was a heartbreaker because you want to get these ones when you have a chance to win. And unfortunately, Denver had more than a chance to win. They had done so well they jumped out to a 40 to 24 lead in that first quarter and then the kings just kind of chipped away they won the second quarter they won the third quarter and then they won the fourth quarter big 33 to 21 and denver just didn't have enough firepower and or defense to really close the gap in or, or to really just just finish the game off basically jokic was great Jokic was fantastic in this game and deserves a lot of credit for keeping Denver in front for most of the night. I think that you had another couple of strong performances from Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr., at least in the first half. But overall, Denver really looked like they ran out of gas. And it's tough because they're up 19 in that third quarter, had a chance to really put it away. And that not being able to happen in concurrence with Denver kind of falling apart a little bit in the clutch for the first time in a while, especially defensively, that was tough. That was tough. Denver had an opportunity and they kind of just let it slip through their fingers. So talk about Joker, talk about Bones, we'll talk about MPJ, we'll talk about the rest of the rotation in the second segment. Third segment, we'll talk about how much this actually matters and then just kind of bounce around the West a little bit, give a little bit of a check-in on everybody else. So Let's go with Jokic first, 40 points, 40 points in 32 minutes tonight. That is a really impressive number. He had a couple chances to win it late. First one was his easier op- option by far, where he has a floater, kind of shoots it up to the moon a little bit. I'm not really sure why he shot it as high as he did, maybe just a little bit amped, but it rimmed out, uh, had, like, nearly went down anyway rimmed out though. The Kings call a timeout. They get 2.4, 2.7 seconds, something like that. Ball gets inbounded to Malik Monk. He draws a foul on KCP. That one's going to come up as a incorrect non-call on Malik, Mal- Malik Monk's offensive foul. And then it's going to be an incorrect call on the defensive foul by Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, who stripped that ball clean, and yet that foul was called refs are going to be like, oh, my bad. That's too bad. But look, this happens to everybody. It's not just something that happens to the Nuggets. Denver's had some really good luck in the clutch anyway, but Jokic did have an opportunity to win it. He had an opportunity to get those first two points at the five-second mark, basically. And then Denver got – he got a kind of a Hail Mary three-pointer attempt at the very end with only 0.7 seconds remaining. So – it's tough. You wish that he could have converted on that, but he still put up 40. It's not like he didn't do his job. 40 points, 15 of 24, 0 of 3 from 3. Did go 10 of 10 from the line. He started to make his free throws a little bit more frequently here, and that's really important as Denver tries to round it to form a bit. Only seven rebounds tonight. Denver had another couple of guys contributing on the glass, but. They also didn't get a lot of stops, so there weren't a lot of rebounding opportunities anyway. The Kings had 11 offensive rebounds. Denver had 27 defensive rebounds. Not a good defensive rebounding night for Denver. Sabonis got three. Harrison Barnes got two. Keegan Murray got one. Trey Lyles got three. Holmes got one. Davion Mitchell got one. A lot of guys getting in on the party. Jokic only coming down with seven rebounds. Probably something that he could have done better tonight. But that's really nitpicking, right? Like he had a steal, he had a block, had six assists. Definitely feels like he did enough to help Denver get that W. And it just didn't happen, which is too bad. Michael Porter started off this game really, really well. Had 13 points in the first quarter, was five of five, a perfect five of five. And just looked the part of the player the Nuggets needed him to be when Jamal Murray is out, and and if Jamal Murray has a bad game, for example, Porter's always going to be there, or that's at least the hope, to be able to step up in those situations, give you a really strong performance. And it looked like he was just going to continue more of the same of what he had done in the previous outing. Unfortunately, he went one of seven to end the game, was five of five in the first quarter, one of seven the rest of the way had four turnovers, did have three blocks, and I do want to give him credit for that. But that down the stretch, it was just very, very clear that he wasn't physically there to be able to cover the guards, whether it was De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk especially. Those guys got to wherever they wanted to go, and Porter also had some opportunities to really impact the glass. I thought he could have come down with more than seven rebounds, kind of like what I thought with Joker. Somebody's got to come down with those, and nobody really did for Denver, especially in the clutch. So there were opportunities for Denver to really kind of close this game out, and they couldn't do that. There was a play that Trey Lyles had where he was stepping out of bounds with 55 seconds remaining, deflected a ball that kind of fell in between Jokic and MPJ. Both of those guys could have collected that rebound. It's too bad that it was illegal and that Trey Lyles should have been called out of bounds on said play when he touched the ball. Another miscall by the refs. But it was like, that's one of those where one of Jokic or MPJ just has to grab that board. And you can't leave it up to the refs to call that one. Like, that's just not how it should go. Denver's got to be better on the boards. That's what their identity is. And you know that if Aaron Gordon was out there, that rebound would have been collected. Like whether it was by Jokic or whether it was by AG, it would have been collected. So Denver's got to be better on that front. Jokic and Porter probably weren't as connected and uh, well-focused on the glass as they probably should have been, but it is what it is. Denver didn't have a great night on that end. I do want to give a shout out to Bones Highland before we go to break. Bones Island, 33 minutes, 20 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, only one turnover. Now, it was a costly turnover. I don't want to sugarcoat that. That was a really, really important one that Davion Mitchell got the steal on. And that was a clutch that turned into a clutch basket for the Kings. And the Kings won by one point. So it happens. Jamal's made his share, his fair share of clutch turnovers. Joker's made his. It's not like This is just on Bones. I'm just pointing it out. But he had 20 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, and just the one turnover. This was a good bounce back game for Bones. The defense is one thing. That may never be fixed, but the offense clearly is there. Clearly, he's got the capability to be able to do this. And pairing him with Nikola Jokic was really good for the Nuggets tonight, where they put up 126 points. And a lot of it like, Jokic was getting set up pretty well by Bones, but a lot of it was Bones operating pretty well, doing a nice job of creating assist opportunities for other people. It wasn't perfect. I'm not going to sugarcoat that or anything, but I do think that Denver had a great performance here with from Bones, especially on the offensive end. Are there things you can kind of nitpick about? Absolutely, but he made some threes. He... It, He went uh, 5 of 10 from the field or from two-point range. That's really good. Had a really nice and one. That was great. And more than anything, he just ran the point guard position where he's setting up Jokic, he's setting up MPJ, finding KCP on a kickout, finding Christian Brown on a kickout. We'll get to that play in the second segment. But it felt like Denver had a chance in this one because of the way that Bones was playing. You know that Jokic is going to bring it. Porter at least brought in in the first half, but Bones was able to step up to the plate. He had nine points on nine shots in the first half, had 11 points on seven shots in the second, and had a lot of assists in the second half as well, especially down the stretch. I think he had four assists or so in clutch time. That's great. That's a really, really strong performance. and Hopefully, this can be a catalyst for him. Hopefully, this can be something where he really focuses in and finds a way to play like this with the second unit. I know it's hard when you're not playing with Jokic, but the minutes with Jokic weren't great before either. So he can do better in those instances. And hopefully this is a good way to get him to play that way more consistently. All right, stick break. When we come back, we're going to get to the rest of the rotation and kind of what went on in this particular game. But first. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pick and Roll. All right, we're back. Pick Axe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's talk about the rest of the rotation now, and in order to do so, we probably have to start with the other two starters. Let's go to Zeke first, who I think had a nice bounce back tonight and really showed his capabilities here as kind of a finisher around what Nikola Jokic was doing. Did a nice job of working that dunker spot, did a nice job of getting offensive rebounds and finding ways to impact the game without having to do a whole heck of a lot with the ball in his hands. Seven of nine from the field for 14 points, had one of his shots, uh, was a two-pointer with his foot on the three-point line, basically in the left corner. And it was a nice shot, very important that he took it, very important that he made it. And though it is not going to go down as a three, it was a jumper that should be remembered as close to such. He finished a plus two, in his 31 minutes. And the reason for that, not just because he played with Jokic, with Porter, with Bones, but his defense tonight was pretty good. Harrison Barnes, two of eight from the field, eight points, minus 13, did not finish this game. The Kings decided to go with a uh, a bench, like a, a really, uh, actually it was a very weird rotation. I'm looking at it right now. They played a lot of guys in between 18 and 24 minutes. They played Keziak Paula, Davion Mitchell, Trey Lyles, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, and Kevin Herter, all between 18 and 24 minutes. So Denver had to do a lot defensively with a lot of different guys. Uh, Malik Monk played really well for them. Darren Fox played really well. DeMonta Sabonis played really well. All three scored 30 plus. Zeke was out there for a lot of that. And I didn't really see him as the issue for much of the time. There were a lot of moments where like, he helped shut down Harrison Barnes. He helped shut down Keegan Murray. He switched on to Kevin Herter. He switched on to Trey Lyles. Uh, Did a lot of good things in these various matchups. And unfortunately, this just wasn't a matchup really for him. Where you needed somebody who could guard Fox, needed somebody who could guard Monk. And Denver didn't really have any of those guys. I think Christian Brown did a decent job, but he was he wasn't really the only guy out there. They could also just pick on Bones and MPJ and Ish Smith got picked on a little bit. Um, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't great. Zeke though, I th- I think that this was a step in the right direction for him. Kind of like Bones, you needed to see some productivity. He got a steal, he got a block, uh, got some offensive rebounds. 14 points is really good in nine, in nine shots without any free throws to speak of. And you want to see Zeke continuing to be aggressive because he's so athletic now. Well, I, I can't quite say that. He's not, he's not quite super athletic, but he's got enough of a frame and enough athleticism to become a real pest down there for the opposing team where he's just kind of wrapping around, circling around the dunker spot, getting to the soft spot of the paint, finding opportunities on the glass, on dump offs, things like that. And his finishing around the room was really good. That was really, really impressive. So I hope that Denver continues to try to go to that. I think that his minutes were better than DeAndre Jordan's. And it's tough because those are kind of like Aaron Gordon style minutes, as opposed to DeAndre Jordan style minutes, where Aaron Gordon's the guy wrapping around the dunker spot. The bench doesn't really have a guy who plays that role, and to me, it feels like they could use it. But in order to do that, you have to have a guy like Jokic. So until Denver's bench gets a guy like Jokic on there, going to be hard for Zeke to play that role with the bench consistently. So in the meantime, he's going to have to find other ways to contribute, and we'll see if he can. This was a nice thing, but Aaron Gordon does play the role better. He's just a better overall player. So, will Zeke Naji be able to get back into the rotation and play a consistent role? I don't know. It will probably have to look something like this because there were good things and he deserves credit for that. One of the only guys in the plus for this game. So, I do think he could see some more time, but I could also see him going back to the bench when it's all said and done. Um, KCP, I mentioned before he got that unfortunate call, a non-call in favor of Monk, and then a foul in favor of Monk. That was a tough one at the end. KCP up until that point led the team in plus minus, was a plus six steals, he had three assists, he had three rebounds, he had three, made three shots, seven points in 31 minutes. Not necessarily the most productive scoring game from him. And honestly, Denver probably needed a little bit more from him scoring wise. Well, I can't really say that. They put up 126. The problems weren't offensive. They just weren't. Denver needed defense and they never really got it. I think KCP is one of those guys that you look to in those situations, but he couldn't really guard Fox or Monk or any of those guys either. So tough night all around for Denver's defenders. Hopefully, KCP can bounce back a little bit there. Thought that he had an opportunity to make a play at the end, and unfortunately, he did, and it just got called the wrong way. Now to the bench. Christian Brown played the most minutes, nine points in 24 minutes, four of five from the field, made his only three, didn't rack up any rebounds, assists, or steals, but did have a block. And that was a good that was a good block for sure. It was a really nice play against De'Aaron Fox in transition, where Fox is just like a blur in transition, and Christian Brown stayed in front of him. Fox tr- tried to stop and jump straight up in the air. Christian Brown jumped straight up in the air too with his arm straight up. And then just blocked the basketball when Fox tried to shoot over him. One of those really impressive athletic moments for Christian Brown as a defender, and also just a very high, high IQ moment where you know exactly where your matchup is going to try to go with the basketball. So he had a couple of those kinds of stops against Monk, against um, against Fox. I thought he defended Kevin Herter reasonably well, but it was just one of those things where, like I said with KCP. Everybody got cooked tonight. It wasn't just uh, wasn't just one guy. I don't think Christian Brown was perfect in that regard, but you did like to see the way that he attacked on the offensive end to really kind of make up for that. Had the block and and was good there. Had a the three pointer, the dunk that he had with like forty five seconds remaining or so, exceptional. Just a fantastic play where Bones gets the back cut. Jokic delivers the pass to him. Bones then drops it off to Christian Brown on a well timed cut. And he dunks the ball over Trey Lyles, right through him, basically. And he had to get up for it. He had to take it aggressively. If he didn't finish with a dunk, the ball probably would have been blocked when he tried to lay it up. So he had to finish it as a dunk, even though Lyles was right there. And he made it work, he made the play it was fantastic. And it's just one of those ones where you know that he he has it in him. He has the capability for sure. And I like to see him going aggressively more and more. That was such a big play in that moment. And it's too bad that Denver wasn't rewarded with a win because that was such a big, big play. And to see a rookie do that in the clutch, on the road, second night of a back-to-back a really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. So, I do want to see him continue. Uh, he also had a really nice pass that didn't get finished with a three. Uh, I think it was, gosh, who was it? It was a really nice whip pass to the corner, left-handed whip pass under the underneath the basket to the corner, just on a frozen rope. And he's making these plays where it feels like he's had good moments where he's rebounded, where he's had good moments where he's passed where he's defended, where he's shot well, hasn't quite put it together yet in that all-encompassing performance that a lot of people are going to remember. But every time I watch him, every time I see him and really pay attention to him, the stuff is good. Like It's just good stuff. He had the lowest plus minus on the team tonight at minus seven. I don't really care because I felt like he was doing good things out there and that that was more a product of circumstance than anything else but really excited to see Christian Brown continue to go to grow took this opportunity really well and he needs to play more like that's just kind of it 24 minutes i'm surprised that denver didn't get to him more frequently with that starting group like zeke was good but i don't think that this was a zeke matchup i think that this was one where christian brown was more needed where you have to go match up with those starting guards And the fact that Christian Brown couldn't get onto the floor until the 140 mark in the fourth quarter, right at the end, that seemed like a misstep to me. So it's tough. Like, Michael Malone has a lot of things to manage, especially with a whole bunch of absences. But it feels like a relatively easy one to me when De'Aaron Fox is going off, Malik Monk is going off. Keep Christian Brown on the floor so you can defend, so you can play defense. And that would have been good, but as it turns out, just didn't work out that way. Vlako Chanchar, nine points, three or four from the field, three or four from three. Only attempted threes tonight. Had a couple assists, had a block. Also had a near block on a Malik Monk drive to the rim. and Or maybe it was De'Aaron Fox. It was a De'Aaron Fox attempted dunk, actually. Six minutes left to go in the game. Vlako fouls Fox. Debatable call. Michael Malone challenges the call. It's the reason why Denver did not have uh, a challenge at the end of the game. And that would have been a really big deal to have that challenge and be able to get a whistle overturned on that uh, KCP block. The KCP strip steal, basically, right at the end. So not Flacco's fault. He played really well, at least I thought. And the threes that he made, very, very important ones. Actually, there were some defensive plays that I didn't really like from Vlaco, but I do think that overall, he was just very helpful for the way that the team needed to play. There's a reason why the bench was only a minus two with Vlaco out there. He did some good things. And hitting threes is a really big, it's a really big thing. Where If you just hit your outside shots, it kind of papers over a lot of details. That's one of the reasons why. Denver was able to keep it close. Unfortunately, Jokic was a minus one tonight and minus one in 32 minutes and a one point loss. It feels like if Denver had won the Jokic minutes a little bit more, they would have won this game. And it seems like a pretty reasonable standard, not controversial take at all. I think the bench mostly did what it had to do, but it still felt bad. It still felt like they didn't provide enough, you know? Ish Smith was fine, Uh, plus four tonight. Not sure how that tells the whole story. Did have some good assists, some good passing, four points, five assists, one turnover. I thought that he, like Bones, was being taken advantage of by De'Aaron Fox. Fox was just very comfortable anytime that Ish Smith was on him. And other guys also found ways to score, Monk most notably. Ish was being scored over shot over, uh, couldn't necessarily impact the offensive glass or the defensive glass. And it's one of the reasons why Denver was in this position in the first place. The bench for the Kings was just very strong rebounding. The starters, not as strong, but they played a lot of bench guys towards the end of that game. And that was one of the reasons why. I do think that Ish, being as small as he is, he's got to fight through it. He's, he's got to do other things. Missed a couple open shots. Um, couldn't really make an impact on the defensive end, but the offense was still functional while he was out there. And in the end, he was a plus four. So it's hard to really complain that much. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, seven rebounds in 16 minutes. It's a pretty good ratio. One block. I remember it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Very important play. But he only scored one point tonight and continues to be like they want to throw him the lobs. They want to get him opportunities to score, but he's not capable of doing it, unfortunately. Just doesn't feel like he has the bounce, has the athleticism or anything in order to finish the plays that the Nuggets need their center to finish. I think Zeke might be a better option as a lob threat at this point. And that's not saying a lot. Actually, that is saying a lot because Zeke's not great at that. And DeAndre did grab the rebounds, grab seven, still think that there is somebody left on the table, still think that there are reasons that the Kings were able to stay in the game rebounding wise. And those possessions are just very, very important. And again, DeAndre was a net neutral. In the plus minus in 16 minutes. That's a lot of minutes for him relative to what he normally plays for Denver. So to see him be net neutral, it tells me that Denver starters just didn't do enough in general. And I think that kind of bears out. Even if the points were good, even if the passing and the playmaking was good, still think that Denver and their starters probably, that that was probably the biggest pressure point for sure. And finally, Davon Reed had eight minutes. Uh, Christian Brown got into foul trouble in that first half. And that was one of the reasons why he only played 24. But Davon Reed, in his time, was fine. Uh, got to the free throw line, made a basket, made a pull up jumper. Three assists was pretty good. Didn't notice any major defensive issues with them. Uh, just very reasonable for him to step in in that situation unfortunate loss. Definitely not one that you would hope Denver to incur, but among losses, this one really isn't that bad. Second night of back-to-back, you're missing Murray, you're missing Gordon, you're missing Bruce Brown. It's fine. Everything's going to be okay. When we come back, we are going to talk about how serious to take this loss, which basically said so, and then we will go around the West. We'll be right back. Second pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this one up by talking about how seriously or not seriously to take this loss. I do think that this one, like, giving up 127 points is never a good thing. Denver's defense in this one was not good. It was predictably not good. You insert Bones into the starting lineup. You have Michael Porter play the second night of a back to back, which he's probably not physically ready for at this point. I think he looked really slow in this one. And then you have Jokic, who has to spend a lot of his energy on the offensive end just to prop things up. I don't think he had a particularly good defensive game either. But MPJ got roasted. Bones uh, just couldn't really keep up with De'Aaron Fox, and it's understandable. And then Jokic wasn't great. And then the bench was fine. There weren't anything bad or good, but they were just fine. So the clutch defense – didn't really come to play. That's what happens when basically three of the clutch defensive members that you've been using over the course of the first couple months of the season, that's what happens when those guys are out. Like it or not, Jamal Murray has made a lot of clutch plays. Aaron Gordon's made a lot of clutch plays. Bruce Brown's made a lot of clutch plays. So those guys know what they're supposed to do in those situations. And when you have Bones and MPJ and Zeke in there, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. And I think Denver has to be okay with that. I think when you earn as many wins as Denver has earned, they're still 8-2 in their last 10 games, even if they lost this last one. So before they had won 8-9, of Denver, they were in a situation where they could incur a loss and be fine. They could. They're down to second to the West right now. They're tied with the New Orleans Pelicans for the top, but New Orleans has that head-to-head tiebreaker, so they get the nod. And it's not a surprise, it's not a surprise that Denver they're still at the top. They're still going to be fine. Like, I still think that Denver's schedule leads me to believe that even though it's going to be tough over the course of these next couple weeks, they still have opportunities to get a whole bunch of wins. They're still on pace for a lot of wins. They're in a good position. They've been playing a much better brand of basketball over the course of these last 10 games, and they've proven a lot to me that you're allowed to take a mulligan in this case. It's going to be okay, and there are going to be opportunities to go up against some tough teams. Next game, you're going up against Miami, who is quietly starting to figure some things out. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, so Denver's going to have their hands full with that one. You're going to need Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray for that one. so got to be ready. That'll be on uh, Friday. And you're going to play that. And then you're going to play the Boston Celtics at home on New Year's Day, and then go on the road and play Minnesota. And so that's going to be a tough one. I mean, even though Minnesota struggled, it's going to be a tough one itself. Denver's going to have some other tough opportunities there. So it's why, okay, you would, you would have preferred to get this one, kind of steal this one on the road, but Sacramento is a good team. Like, they have a very similar point differential to what the Nuggets have. Denver's won a, couple, won a couple extra close games, and that's really where the split has been. That's all it is. So I'm not surprised that Denver lost this one. It's just really hard to win two games in a row in somebody else's building it's just tough that they weren't able to pull it out because of, for all the reasons that I talked about, like when you're up 11 at the beginning of the fourth and you're up 19 kind of middle of the third, you want to be able to finish off that, that particular game. But this is one of those only times that I think Denver's actually given up a third quarter lead. They haven't had, they haven't done that often. Like when the start of the fourth quarter happens and they're up, I think they've only lost two games so far. So I'm not really concerned. I don't think anybody should be really concerned. The real crux of it is what the other teams around you are doing. And with the West being the way that it is, 10 teams are currently at 500 or above. Pelicans are tied with Denver, Memphis, LA Clippers, Phoenix Suns. They each have at least 20 wins as well. Sacramento. Sacramento. They're at six, 18 and 15. Dallas, Portland, Utah are all above 500. They've got 18 to 19 wins. And then Golden State is only five games back of the Nuggets. They've won three in a row without Steph Curry and have figured out how to do some things. They've figured out some things for sure. And they're lurking. Like With the West the way that it is, Denver still does have to continue to put pressure on themselves to stay above the rest of the pack. But nobody in the West is going to really panic. Nobody in the West thinks that they're out of it right now, except the San Antonio Spurs and Houston Rockets. And I think the Lakers are probably going to admit it soon. The Thunder don't want to be in it. And the T-Wolves, we're just going to have to figure out with them. They're 16 and 19 and have lost their last four in a row. I do think that's They'll probably, they'll probably recover at least a little bit, but the vibes still just don't feel great with them. So I'm very curious. Very curious to see how Denver handles January. So far, they've handled December really, really well. And they've had some mishaps here or there, but when you go eight and two in your last 10 games, then you're going to be doing just fine. So if Denver defends their home court, they're 12 and three at home. If they stay above 500 on the road, that is the formula to get 50 plus wins. Easy. You don't need to do much more than that. I think 50 wins is probably going to get you at least a six seed. At least. I don't think Nuggets fans are going to be happy with just a six seed. I think they'd prefer – at least, home court advantage in the top four, maybe even the top two, based off of where Denver's at right now. And they should be able to rattle off some wins here. I know Gordon's out right now, but Murray will be back next game. He'll play against the Heat. Denver, as long as they can operate in the clutch, as long as they can find ways to defend against what is a tough Miami team, if they can defend home court, they're going to be just fine over the course of January too because they've got a lot of home games still. So if Denver just focuses up, loses this game from their mind, but takes on a little bit more of a defensive attitude than what they had tonight, they're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Nobody's going to be that concerned. As far as the playoffs concern are, are kind of going right now, I don't know who to worry about. I keep thinking about Golden State and the Clippers and the Suns and the Grizzlies. Those are probably the four teams that I'd be really concerned with. But then again, Luka just put up 60, 21, and 10. So you probably have to be concerned with Dallas as well. New Orleans is tough. I don't think that Denver's going to face them because I think New Orleans is going to finish as a top four seed. But if Denver happened to face them in the second round of the playoffs, I think Denver can answer. I think they can be fine there. It's just going to be tough, going to be very interesting to see how Denver handles all of these potential matchups. But that is what January, February, and March are all about. It's finding out how you work against certain teams, crafting your perfections, trying to figure out what you can do. And it's not as much about wins. Denver's done the good thing in the beginning of the season where they have racked up wins And just gotten out to a good space where they can lose the second night of a back-to-back while resting Jamal Murray and feel okay. Now, is all about just figuring out who you match up against, which players you can trust, and what you still need before the trade deadline. We'll talk a little bit more about that as that gets closer, but for now. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. I will be back uh, not tomorrow night. I'll be back on Friday night following the Denver Nuggets game against the Miami Heat. Tomorrow I'm going to do a a good thing with the family on Thursday and then just have a good time celebrating uh, just being there with them. Should be great. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all of the love and support on the podcast. As always, I will talk to you guys very soon.